Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we talk about mostly fantasy books, sometimes on a monthly basis. I am Peter Schaefer, and with me today are Rachel. Hello, I am your grumpy old man. That's not really old. Rachel, our grumpy old man in waiting. Katie? That's me, the secret 80-year-old woman. Rachel and I were basically just an old married couple at this point. Can you pass me, please, those little hard candies in a bowl? Woman, why don't you? It's near, closer to you. Why don't you get it? Why are you making me get up? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, what is and, going on? <laughs> and finally, the the ever bewildered Nick. <laughs> that's me. Yep, that's are you, him. Are you also a secret old man? <laughs> No, I'm just struggling today, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. So this, I think uh, we're all a bit punchy. And that's going to make this one of our better episodes. That's my theory. And uh, I'm going to stick to it. So this, uh, this, well, uh, hmm, huh? I was going to hmm? say, oh, should we talk about the theme, even though we might have not have a theme for this episode? Well, this is a one-off, right? This didn't fall into our theme schedule. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd just swing in. Why don't here new plan? I'm going to introduce the book, give a very brief like premise, and then why don't we talk about what theme it might fulfill? Yeah. Uh, the book is Stranger of Tempest by Tom Lloyd. Um, this is a you know, completely second world fantasy novel set in a uh, world where. There are a whole bunch of nations and they have various political and military leanings and some of them are independent and some of them are not. There are these things called the God fragments that people believe are the literal fragments of their gods and you can use them to, uh, to imbue little, basically to make magic bullets that you use in your mage guns. And these form the basis of modern warfare. Uh, does that, that sum it up? And our main characters are members of a, a, a mercenary band. And we follow them through an adventure. Right? What's the band called? Oh, what are the, 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 the was it, yeah, shoot, the cards. Um, whose cards? Anaton's cards? Aniston's? Look, I read this two years ago or something. Um, someone who just read it helped me out. Yeah, full, uh, disclo full disclosure, this, like, I'm just going to be upfront with the listeners here. Because of our recording schedule, I actually think this might be the longest period of time we've gone between reading and discussing a book as, like, oh, a group. I can really? say that for sure, yeah. Because, like, cause like, I read that, I think most of us read this about a month ago. Yeah, I read it <clears> in, like, January. And it's not January anymore. <laughs> Which, I, now, that, I don't think that means that we can't have a productive discussion here, but I think that it's going to be a lot, give us, listeners, forgive us if we get details wrong, because we can, we can tell you how we felt about the book. And we will. The book in general follows a main character, Lynx, mm -hmm. um, who is a couple of big murder mitts they're very fluffy <laughs> and he's got the little thingies on his ears that are super cute 
He is not an actual uh, wild cat of the forest. He's very um, fuzzy. If you pet him, he will but, maybe close his eyes and look so content. Mm, but he does spell his name the same way. He has the distinction in my eyes of being an overweight main character. And I fucking love it. I love that he's just a fat dude. Yes. Thank you. Me too. He's just a big guy and people like, you like to eat, huh? And he's like, yeah, I do. And then he's still, you know, a tough mofo in the mercenary game. So good for him. Um, Admittedly, most of it is guns. <laughs> yeah, most of it, but not all of it. They get down to the hand-to-hand -hand fighting now and again. Sure. Um I'll note that I have read all of this series, um, uh, not just the first book. And or the later. second. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I've enjoyed him. And uh, all right. But so Lynx is our, is our main character. Um, he teams up early on with a mercenary company that is called the Cards, I believe called Anaton's Cards. I can't quite remember that's accurate about the 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 name of the leader yeah um, it's it is anaton is the leader oh good um and the shtick of the company is that I, so they can sort of use um like alternate an alternate form of playing cards with like yeah suits um and a few different extra face cards as well mm -hmm. and sort of horoscope like that people get assigned certain cards that are meant to represent them and their personality and like them and like what they bring to the company right uh, in a and, way and yeah their teams and um they're also i think i believe their team rankings are also sort of based on what number yep or the higher card they have. the card number then the the higher more the senior you are in the company uh, yeah and then the, the face cards are like lieutenants they have some degree of command over the the number cards. Um, yeah, it's it's a cute shtick. It doesn't like it, you know. It comes up, but uh, a few times, but it's not like pivotal. You know what I mean? It reminds me of Malazan with the deck hmm. dragons. <laughs> okay, but I just love. <laughs> I think I feel like every month something reminds me of Malazan, <laughs> and it, it must just be. No, but it must just be because that book is so fucking big. <laughs> there's like, I, <laughs> there's all you can, yeah. It's it's because <laughs> now then the deck of dragons has um basically people associated with the cards, and it's like uh, the 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 king of uh the house of death or something like that. Um, and it's more tarot esque. Mm -hmm. And if you are named uh, somebody of that card, it's basically more like you have godhood and things like that. Um, it's more mystical in that nature, and it's also used for fortune telling. Fortune telling. Fortune telling. Oh, your Texas uh, is showing. <laughs> um, but it's the what it kind of reminds me of is like people being assigned. Mm -hmm. uh, and then my favorite character in Malazan is the master of the deck. Ah, yeah. In this case, Anatin is the master of the deck because he runs the wild cards. Or just the cards. Wild cards is a different book series. Um, so but, is, uh, is yeah. the, it reminds you of Malazan, is that the new, like, The Simpsons did an episode of it? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I don't say it that often. <laughs> 
Well, we'll just, we'll see. Yeah. Listeners, can you make a list of every time that Rachel has been reminded of Malazan? Thank you. I mean, I've recently read all main series. I don't know why I really didn't like the series, but. Oh, no reason. (laughs) It was just there. I read all 10 of them. They're like a thousand pages. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, you, you did this to yourself. I know I did. But I was like yeah. at book. I was like <laughs> at book five by the time I was, I was like, I don't like this anymore. I was I'm like, not actually enjoying this. <laughs> but I was like, I'm I already full, own. But I can't stop eating. <laughs> I oh, already man. own all of them. I will listen to all of them. Maybe they'll mm. get better. <laughs> um, okay, so the other interesting elements about links are that one, he is. Uh, uh, he suffers some uh, racial prejudice. Like they talk about how he is the child of someone from a distant land that once invaded uh, near nearby uh, countries, and he still has that cast to his face, even though. Oh no, uh, he was actually in that war. He yeah. was, he was, but but he but you can see it on his face, right? Like it's he has that. Oh yeah, that, he's got like the heritage. racial distinctions. Yeah. Um, like it's evident. I think they say in the books he is half Hanese. Um, but you know, so people look at him and they're like, "Oh, you uh, feel like you feel like you invaded us a while back, and uh, we don't like you now." So, like, that's interesting that that's there. Um, and then finally, he has a, I guess, a moral compulsion, which a lot of main characters do for at least somewhat heroic reasons to help people at least in some regard because also early in the book he uh he sees a mage uh basically being carted off in chains the idea being that um in order to create the mage bullets that you use for mage guns you need a mage and you need god fragments and so both of these get uh, hoarded by these uh, like religious uh, uh, what do you call them like the children of, of the light that that's that was the that was the other book <laughs> I know I know that's wheel of time but they're basically the same organization from what I right can tell. right there there are but there there are a couple a few different ones but the we mostly see one big uh, one of the big major I don't remember what it's called the but the religious uh, uh, like institution. That's the wrong word because it's basically like their own city state. They 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 are a military force to be reckoned with. Um, they have a large monopoly or a large portion of the local mages and god fragments, so they uh, can keep themselves well armed with their mage guns and their mage bullets, and those are necessary things for being uh militarily independent um anyway so he sees some a a group of these templars or whatever they're called um carting off a young mage in chains and he's like i don't i don't like that so he shoots him um and and commits the rest of the mercenary band that he just joined into fighting as well because otherwise um 
well, the, 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 the group he shot at would never believe that he hadn't, that he'd done it alone. So they were all going to get massacred if they didn't fight back immediately. So they do, and they save this young woman and, uh, and she joins them as well. Um, anyway, so that's, that's, that all happens pretty early on. What, 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 what is it? What is this book? What does it fall into? What, what kind of uh, themes does this book hold, represent, contain? That opens a probably a bigger question of how we choose our themes, which is not <laughs> if we want to go into that discussion. That's um, a different. We just we just throw words at the wall until one of them sticks, like tasty, tasty spaghetti. Yeah, um, because we could do <laughs> tropes like like found family, um, or we can do subgenres like um probably Flintlock would be a good um sub subgenre for this. Yeah, I could see it being a close cousin of Flintlock fantasy. And it definitely has those those feelings of found family, right? Hmm. Um I de definitely it falls also into like military fantasy. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. uh, there's a lot about like, you know, we steal a march on somebody. How many, you know, how many uh, mage grenades do we have left? You know, so send send so-and-so to the front, you know. Um, yeah, it, it is. But it's more, it's military, but it's also not mercenary family uh, versus like. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's not like an army. It's like a small squad, which reminds me in that way of. Uh, of the Black Company, which I believe uh, our good friend Dan, who couldn't make it today. Who? Daniel Evanson, creator of the world of Juno, didn't you know? Oh, that Dan Evanson. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, he described the book as having the promise of the Black Company and actually paying it off. Now, I take a little bit of issue with that because I feel like the Black Company paid off quite well. But uh, we'll just I have to... Like... I, I know. Company. I know you did. I, you read it because I said so and uh, and then you hated it and now we're enemies forever. I remember. I, you need to stop recommending me books because I, there's only been like one I really liked. I think the most notable characteristic of this book is the fact that it is sort of an atypical protagonist, as Peter alluded to previously. Not just in the sense that he's like a overweight guy, but like um, we've talked about this in the past where he's an older character. So many fantasy books, you tend to have like the young kid, uh, you know, making their way through the world. This is an old seasoned person who's seen some shit and is just trying to live another day. There's not really any larger goals or motivations he's kind of past his prime and we're just kind of sort of existing with him for yeah. the first half of the book um in that sense i will say i think the first half of the book was a little bit slow okay. and i could see why a lot of people might not finish it but i think that there is a lot it's a, i think it's a shame i think there's a lot going on in that second half mm-hmm that is really good. Yeah, Dan agreed with you. He said going, uh, you know, shrinking the group in the back third of the book tightened the story. Yeah, it helps a lot. But I, I also don't just think it's the cast of characters. I think it is sort of the fact that following somebody who is so, so old and seasoned and jaded, uh, 
his motivations really are just sort of live another day. And so the book kind of just feels like, um, you know, I woke up that morning, I brushed my teeth, and then I got a bite for breakfast. You know, it feels a little kind of dull. Is is it more like a slice of life in the in the life of Lynx? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> slice of life in the life of a mercenary, which is an unusual premise, but um, it really is the mage, the uh, night mage, who specializes in dream magic, right? Sleep, yeah. Mostly sleep she magic. puts people to sleep or something. Um, she's not the main character, but she is, uh, in a lot of ways, the heart of the book to me, or the part that the mo- the driving force. No, no, you're you're right. Like once once they rescue her, you know, partway through the book, like she becomes like a lot of the driving force between what behind what the the mercenary company is doing next. Like they all kind of cluster around her with the exception of like a, one character who's supposed to be a sleazy asshole that nobody likes. Um, right. And so. But it yeah. also, because she's not introduced until a bit of ways into the book. And then it also takes a little while for her arc to get to a point where she's actually doing stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it really does eat up a lot of the book before it gets to that really, just really sweet, nice spot. Mm. But uh, but I definitely I think it it picks up in that second half and it gets a lot more interesting and we get away from just mercenary life to these like the whole section towards the end where they're all like trapped in these caves mm-hmm. and just trying to survive while the uh, again I can't remember the name of that group that's coming after them. Uh, uh, Katie found it the Knights Charnel as the like similar yes. ch- Charnel as similar to like the Knights Templar. Uh, and charnel like a charnel house yes uh like that section is is so good yeah yeah it was yes it was really enjoyable really well done i love the little features that they had like um i believe that was the section where they they went underground and they um encountered like those some weird people who live underground and talk with glowing fingers was that in that section i think so okay yeah and the the fungus people i'm not sure they were fungus but they were underground dwellers and they like they had you know like they talked they lived in the dark and they communicated with like sign language with their glowing fingers and their the the group has a guide had a guide with them who had experience underground and had like a luminescent paint that she dipped her fingers in and used to communicate back to them. And I just thought that was such a cool touch. Um, I would like to point out here that the cellar dwellers in this book are very kind of similar, at least to me, it like brought back memories of um, Ashes of the Sun. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Mm. Okay, well, you know what? Stay out of my head, Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally agree. Though we're on a very like underground section of the podcast year, apparently. So, Ashes of the Sun was what we just read with the the ghouls. Yes. Okay. Okay, so they remind you kind of of, of the ghouls then. Yes. What were the what were they called in this book? I cannot 
remember. Like the moats or the mites or the. I don't. Uh, I don't have like a full breakdown on the internet. I'm sure there's one somewhere, but I don't recall. Uh, and and to my disappointment, like these books don't have a large enough following that there are like, you know, that there's a full plot breakdown on Wikipedia. I'm disappointed by this. Um, so, um, but, you know, okay. So I, I wanted to swing back to something uh, Nick said earlier, because you pointed out, you know, that he's also uh, the main links, not only is overweight, but also is older and is kind of like, you know, is past his prime um, and has a lot of experience and still a lot of remaining strength, but is, does not have the vitality of a young man anymore. Um, and I wonder, like, once you said that, once you reminded me of that fact, it it made me wonder whether, uh, uh, like, that combined with his other features are all an intentional inversion on the author's part right is it i don't want to make a young uh you know chosen one hero so i'm going to make him old i don't want to make someone who it looks you know like he could fit in everywhere like you're and and where the reader can assume he's some white guy so i'm going to make him look like he's from some foreign nation which has a name that sounds chinese um or at least it was, yeah it was like the han dynasty or yeah something. yeah it's like it's the hanese and i'm like that sounds like it's it's it sounds like it's designed to make the reader think of china um and then like he's not some kind of lean channing tatum badass he's uh he's a fatto um but still tough and i'm like so like all of these put together like is this was this an intentional inversion of all of the uh kind of default assumptions about your your hero characters um, and i we can ask him yeah maybe i'm not sure i've seen a lot of uh, fantasy has been a lot more uh, age diverse and things like that in uh general and there is a thesis of a maya workings where adult fantasy is characterized by diverse age characters that's a good point i mean i so I mean, lots of characters exist, to be sure. Um, and, you know, he wouldn't be the first person I to mean, yeah. try to invert these assumptions. Uh, I mean, for example, what was the book that we read six months ago? Um, the main character was that old, you know, the like, middle-aged witch who had two kids. Uh, Barbara Hambly, yes. Dragon yes. Thank you. Yeah, that was like... Like and that was a really interesting book for similar well for for those reasons um, and other reasons. Well, um, hey, if you let me finish, I wasn't oh, trying to say that you were bet wrong. That oh you, no, that, that was a wrong assumption. I was just saying that I, as a modern day reader, it's not all that like um, uncommon. No, no, you're seen. no, you're right. That's you. I that's the meaning I took. I you're right. It's. It's far less uncommon than it used to be. Do we? Does it still count as an inversion? I don't know if it's an intentional subversion. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Um, but I do think it adds to the gritty nature of both the world and 
the idea of a um, mercenary company. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This, this sort of jaded old experienced person who isn't fighting for glory. He's just, it's a job and he's really good at it. You know, mm, yeah, that's what you kind of expect from a mercenary group. Yeah, I think it comes more from the setting with the darker story than um, in maybe in, it probably might be intentional, but it's you see in these older uh, like grimdark type stories, an older main character is uh, like, I think Logan Ninefinger is is older. From First Law. Mm hmm. Mm. I I'll mm. say what what <laughs> what I don't know. I was just trying to state from No, we, we all just uh we all just made mouth noises instead of using words. That's all. <laughs> I am tired, okay? <laughs> you're doing it, great, Rachel. I love you your really work. You really are. <laughs> and they say kids these days have no worth that worth work yeah. We're in trouble, folks. That we're all out of it. God. Oh yeah, no, no. We're we're (laughs) best episode we've ever done, you guys. Hands down, this one's gonna get us an award. (laughs) Uh, but which award though? Do you probably shittiest podcast of the year? Oh shit! I've been looking for that one. Anyways, back on topic. Before, gosh dang, we're talking about a fat old man running through the underground with a new group of friends, running away from Knight's Charnel, hoping not to get eaten by some giant ass worm or centipede or some shit. And there's bullets everywhere, and it's just insane. The end. Yeah. So I, I, sums it up. I wonder. So it is a question to ask. Is an, an intentional inversion of a trope versus a character that fits well into the grim darker mm. setting either well, way it's effective right i mean yeah yeah i like links he's a good character he's a fun character he's right, not so, necessarily a good person even but no i mean it's yeah he's he's good enough for a reader to like him right he he's good right. enough to say ah this religious slavery of mages stuff is bullshit let's rescue this lady i will say he's kind of forgettable oh um peter peter's hurt (laughs) no i'm curious i'm curious what the others think because he's just so mildly good i like the part where he thought he pissed himself but it was actually just beer oh yeah (laughs) that really happened i forgot yeah he gets super drunk and uh, they pour beer on him. Oh. Yeah, they pour beer on him while he's sleeping. To oh, that's I right. It, it was like, uh, it's like a, it's like a prank or like an initiation sort of thing. Uh-huh. No, it was because he was invited to bed by Kaz, but then he got too drunk to make it up there, and mm. she was like, "Well, if you're too pissed to come in my bed, I'm gonna like piss in your bed." Kind of. I think uh-huh. that was what how it went. That's funny. <laughs> Yo, Kaz was fucking badass. <laughs> Kaz is cool. I mean, yeah. But but I mean like he's just the way I think about it is like he he he's uh, morally in the middle and it's kind of forgettable at that point. Yeah, he didn't stand out to you. I understand. Well, yeah, I do think that again like he's not he's he's a a cool character, I guess, but he's not really the interesting part of the story he doesn't oh that's a good point 
He doesn't. He's have just any kind of there. Yeah, he, he's the one telling the story, but he's not the main character. Yeah, he's he's the point of view. I mean, we're just we're just seeing it through his eyes, but like, you know. Yeah, like Satane is the main character, but we're just watching it. Mm. Weird, Which, weird. We're really like the Hufflepuff comparison. that's trying to get through Hogwarts, but Harry Potter keeps fucking things up. Oh my god, Harry! What <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have a more. It's not a well well known example, but there's the trilogy, the Warlord Chronicles by Bernard Crom uh, Cornwell, which follows a friend of Ar like a, a somebody who was under or like under Arthur, uh, or like. Ooh. So like and the guy that shines Arthur's boots. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Liege Lord, or but he he. Oh, okay, really, okay. And it's telling more a uh, more realistic story of Arthur as a uh, he is a Briton, um, and his uh, uh, and it's the change from Druidism to Christianity, um, and that type of transition in England, and it's that story told through his character to look at Arthur. <laughs> you know, I read a book last year that was uh, from the point of view of Shakespeare's brother. But but, I, but I'm just mentioning that because it feels like the same kind of thing. Like, there's there's this huge figure, but let's focus on this very human person next to them. Yeah, and you never get to see, you only see their story through their eyes, so you never see what they're thinking. And they're, um, the character in Warlord Chronicles is like Arthur's, one of Arthur's best friends. Uh, so. <laughs> so, the fact that we all agree on this sort of begs the question, which we've kind of stated it, but I'd like to be more explicit. Who is the main character? Me. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not what I was expecting, but yeah, she, Katie got a lot of page <laughs> count in that book. Um, it made in the first, at least in the first book, I think it's Satine, Satine, Satine. That's how they said it in the audiobook. I that's I don't know how it's spelled or anything. It's, it's, that's it's spelled S I T A I N. Um, I was oh, gonna call goofy. her Mage Girl, but because <laughs> you know, as you as you like it, nice. I, she has the more intrigue and. Um, trying to figure out her story was the main kind of plot or character mm -hmm. arc. Yeah, I wouldn't say Lynx has much of a character arc. But he does have a little teeny tiny bit of intrigue with his gray, black, and white. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you all felt about that. because So there's a little bit of, I don't remember if it's flashback in that book or just kind of in character thoughts um about uh that you know that he has like a little gray and black ring i think um and that he sometimes sees little like white and gray or white and black diamonds um or that are worked into uh other decoration that he clocks as indications of of people that he might know uh, or have a connection with. Um, and it's really not explained in this book. And I was wondering how you all felt about that. 
I totally forgot about it. So same, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I thought it was kind of cool. It's kind of like you know, like the the Freemasons in this world, right? Where you always oh, have an in. Yeah, I was thinking he saw. Uh, I, I, yeah, I see it now. I, I remember it was the. Uh, uh, I remember like now. the, the stained glass window pane. Mm-hmm. Had it. Yeah, it, yeah, it's cool. Like, I, the way you described it, I thought it was more of he he saw them above people's heads like a checkpoint. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading your oh my future. Gosh. But you know, it's like a quest didn't has a little dot above the head, like a quest. Rachel is his... just ready to play her PS5. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. his superpower of being able to fast travel was really <laughs> really interesting to the book. Anyways, sorry, that was that was what I was thinking. But now now I remember. I thought it was cool because it's more un- it gives a knowledge about the underground and the seedier parts. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting it didn't like it didn't get explained too much but i didn't feel like it needed to it gave him a little extra character a little extra color um without without being too important yeah um you know and i thought it was a nice way to i don't know to provide uh, threads for future books to pull on without like a lot of books that are intentional series make what I consider the mistake of ending in a place where the story doesn't really end. Right. They, they get you basically like they treat the end of a book, like the end of a chapter and they leave you on a cliffhanger. And I hate it. That is just the rudest fucking tact ever. I just, it just makes me so angry. Um, like Berg, snizzle, <laughs> mackerel facts. Um, I, I'm guilty of this, but I also hate when people say you have to get through the first book to like the series. Sure. Uh, yeah, that like, like. Nope. Never mind. What is he gonna say? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Like Malazan. <laughs> well, no, I thought you were gonna say Cradle, but. I don't know what she was going to say. I thought she was going to say, like, the Wheel of Time. I don't know what she was going to say. Yeah, what were you going to say, Katie? Uh, the first season of Parks and Rec was absolute fucking dog shit. Oh, <laughs> all right. Coming in with a hot take, I see. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's the only take. Come on. I don't have any strong feelings about, about Parks and Rec. I don't either. I don't yeah. either. I haven't seen the show. I think I didn't sure. get through the first season. Because <laughs> it was I'm absolute sure we'll dog out. shit. So yeah, I hear. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get a one star review on Apple Podcasts now. Oh, oh it can go with our two star review. Oh, they'll be friends. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? It's a funny review. Oh, is uh, that what we're hooming and hawing? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a stranger of tempest. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a good book. I liked it, and um, and I like mm. the follow up books too. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's uh, just you know, pick it up, try it out. You know, I th- I'd love it if this book were more popular. So uh, you know, read a book. Uh, I found it very interesting, and you, I bought it on uh, uh, Audible. It was, it was cheaper than a credit on Audible, I think. So. Mm. Oh. It was yeah. So I. If you want something cheaper than a credit, there you go. 
Um, it's very good. It was very interesting. I think the only part that I wasn't really like, I kind of lost focus in the middle before it got exciting. And then when it did get exciting, my only thought was, but wait, how did they get out of the city? But my dumbass brain was just like, no, they're in a different city because they're in the future now, but they're in the same city. Just so you guys know. I will say, I think the underground bit maybe went on a smidge too long. Um, hmm. okay. But that also could just be my ADHD brain going, I'm bored now. It, it was a significant... It was something that felt like it was going to be one or two chapters, and it ends up being a significant portion of the book. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, if the entire book had that level of excitement, I think it would have been... Uh, Exhausting. Well, sure. Okay, yeah, you're right. Non-stop excitement is a little... But, like, I, I almost felt like the first half could have used some more of that in there. I, like and I think before. he tried because they, they do have like those flash forwards. Yeah, actually, now that you mentioned it, I didn't even say anything about this yet. I found the timeline confusing. Same. Uh, I had fair. to I had to go back and listen to the first half because I was just so obsessed with how do they leave this city? Ah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. It was a huge part of my brain. No, and you're right. They do uh, they do do some time skipping back and forth, don't they? Because I think do they open up with like them fighting their way out of a city somewhere? Is that the they, opening scene? They open they op- yeah. w- where they get to save the girl, quote unquote, but she's actually just like standing there naked, and then she kills the prince Zip dude. Oh, right. Right, they're extracting and then they're somebody leaving. from a city, and then they have to fight their way out or something. Yes, but they're in the same city the whole time. It's the same city. It's that city. I it's see. That okay, that, that's Katie Katie's really warning for the reader, <laughs> is that it's the same city. So it was the same city the whole time. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Um, right, <sighs> but they start there, and then they skip back to when Lynx joined up with the cards. Um, that makes sense. Okay. But so, yeah, that like did that work? Was that like a good choice? And it was uh it was it was pretty ballsy. Was it? Cuz I I don't know. Like I feel I'm like a sure lot totally... of books I feel like a lot of books are trying It's like um yeah, trying to be nonlinear and do Well, that like and that. like also tr- like trying to like everyone says, "Okay, you have to start with like the hook and the problem and people have to know that stuff's going to happen." And so um, a lot of books, uh, also a number of movies, you know, start you in the middle of some kind of action scene just to like get the beginning of the Sonic movie where he's like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Oh, oh my God. Roll back. Yeah, that is kind of like that. That is worse than Once Upon a Time. It's, <laughs> it is worse. Once Upon here. a Time at least has some uh, some cachet. Um <laughs> But yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, so. I don't think it worked for me, but I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I didn't mind like it, it, but I'm not. I don't know if it was the best choice, but I don't know that it wasn't. You know, I think it was extra confusing because there are so many characters. You know, before they break off and go underground. Yeah, and so they name drop a whole bunch, and I it, it was a bit much. I think that's fair. Yeah. But I, I do think one of the bottom lines is the fact that 
there is a lot of cool stuff going on in this world and knowing that this is a much larger series yeah i think there's a lot here a lot of good stuff like it has space to to explore and expand into i thought it was underground (laughs) (laughs) i can't i can't throw something at you katie (laughs) but i would like you to give doug something and have him throw it at you I usually throw pens at him, so he was probably already got one. Okay, good. Just just let him know that I need him to throw that at you. Will do, Chief. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah. All right, I I have a oh yes, Rachel dear. Uh, oh, uh, thank thank you, Peter dear. I was just <laughs> gonna say I don't know is I wonder if our listeners like our chaotic nature of just jumping from topic to topic and having no through line sometimes. But I I, I have no idea what people like. Yeah, um, I will say sometimes I don't need a hook to be uh, invested in a book. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm here for you're doing. I think I read a book recently where he was just in a house. He was just being a sixty year old man in a house. Was he also fat? No, it was Fitz. So Fitz oh, okay. is not. But he was sixty and depressed. And oh, that's no fun. And had a random child. And he's like, "What? How do I treat a child? How do I child? How do I how do I run this estate? I only know how to be a uh, woodsman." All right. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Not every book needs to begin with excitement and bewilderment and like, "Oh man, what the heck is going on?" Sometimes, uh, sometimes you just start a book kind of nice. I think it's more important to, to like establish the emotional stakes of a book than it is mm. to start with explosions and fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can see how given how the author wanted to introduce links apparently, how that might have been hard to do uh at you know, starting there chronologically, right? Like because as we've discussed, link it, links is a little um, unmotivated, right? He wants a good hot meal, and he knows he can earn one with his sword and his mage gun. So, um, like, there's not a lot of emotional demand there, right? There's nothing pressing on him where he's like, "I need to figure out what happened to my daughter," um, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess if you you know to you're right, like emotional hook is probably more important than an excitement hook. Um, but the emotional hook of I don't know if I'm going to live to get out of this city that the book opens with is probably more compelling than I don't know if I should keep doing bodyguard work or if I should sign up with a mercenary company. One's probably as good as the other. Oh well. Um, Pretty sure oh, that was a line in the book. It it might have been. <laughs> doesn't doesn't he start in jail? Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking because Promise of Blood opens with a detective walking into uh, the aftermath of a military coup. Oh. Oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But my favorite line is Red Sister, which opens uh, where it's like, 
uh, if you want to kill uh, a nun of whatever, you have to bring a, a, an army of a specific size for Sister Thorn, so-and-so brought a 200, something like that. Ah. You know, maybe we should have a special one-off episode where we, like, bring our top three favorite um, opening lines from books. Ooh. Heck. Opening lines are hard. Oh, they're I super like this hard. Idea. We're doing okay. it. Okay, great. Okay. A lot of them. The only one I have semi-memorized is Red Sister. I don't think I have any other ones memorized. I mean, the one off the top of my head is uh, the man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. Uh, yeah, which... Mr. Dursley of Number Four Privet Drive was super excited <laughs> yeah. to be completely unordinary. All right. Well, so regardless, this is we we have some we'll we'll give ourselves some time. We'll do a little research, pull some books off the shelf and be like, oh, that's a good first line. Oh, that first line is boring. And we'll uh, we'll come and we'll make our arguments. Uh-huh. Um, and then that you have the poppy, uh, the poppy war is first line. If anyone looks at that is so not what the story is about. It's funny. Yeah, I do not know. Uh, all right. Any any other things to say about this book before I start winding up the? Uh... And maybe we should insert a hook for our next episode, so other we can get people to continue listening to our chaotic messes. But wait, and... the hook is supposed to be in the beginning and full of action. Uh, well, I guess we will uh, have a audio fist fight and then start the episode with that. Yes. Wait, hold on. I, I got sound effect. Ah. <laughs> Throw in those like um, comic book punch sounds. Wow. Like... Bam. <laughs> Curse Blatt. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look out. He's got a bomb. I don't know if that came. I like crushed a can next to my mic. I don't know if that came around well. Oh, uh, no, sadly not. Um, all right. So before we before we leave Stranger of Tempest behind us forever. Uh, or at least for four days, um, three days. I don't know time. Uh, I just want to ask each of you um, for a a read this book if, and maybe don't read this book if. Right, finish that sentence for our listeners. Read this book if. I didn't know there was going to be homework. I know. I'm sorry. I just pulled this out of my behind. Uh, read this book if you're looking for a. Uh medium cast of characters that uh, have found family with uh, ambiguous morality. Okay. Nice line. Who's next? Uh, Read this book if you're into uh, a gritty fantasy setting and mage guns. And don't read this book if you uh, have commitment issues. Or classic. (laughs) Wait, why commitment issues? Because you got you got to get through that first half. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It feels, uh, I would, it, yeah. I wouldn't say if you're looking for a hopeful story, this might not be the one for you. I mean, it's not a. I don't think I wouldn't call it a depressing ending. No, but it's not like the classic fan, fantasy type hope. No, no, it's not. It's not bright and hopeful and and you know. clear cut and yeah. Read this book if you like hijinks, like murdering Knight's Charnel. 
<laughs> for no reason other than I feel like it and maybe I should save this girl. That was way too cheery. <laughs> it was well done. Good job, yeah. Katie. Okay, you are you you don't have to have Doug throw that pen at you. Thank you. I don't know where he is anyway. That's okay. Um I do. Damn it. Um so all right, this was lovely and fantastic and uh very soon now we're going to have uh, an interview with Tom Lloyd the author and you'll be able to hear that too. Dear listener. Yeah. And then So, yeah. For our back to our regular scheduling program, next uh, uh the next regular episode will be Paranormal Fantasy where we're reading uh, uh Skinwalker by Faith mm. Hunter. Faith Hunter. Which sounds like, I swear, Faith Hunter sounds like it should be the title of the book. Yeah, I think it might be a pseudonym. I'm I, it, Probably. A I think it was. I was looking up to see if the book was own voices, which it sadly isn't. Um, but I, I was like, who is this author? But anyway. Faith Hunter. It, oh, her full name is Gwendolyn Faith Hunter. Oh, oh so it's yeah. just her middle name. Yeah. All right. It does sound like anyway. a paranormal, a paranormal the main character. It, yeah, like, yeah. Like they're like it's a job title. Like they're a faith hunter. They kill people who are like you know cultists. They're right. We I slay the faith breathers. Nah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Look, what? I made <laughs> faith breathers. <laughs> Anyways, this is a further conversation for our next regular scheduled programming. Uh, yes, this is, let's consider this a preview. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we have been Katie. Tell them That's where to me. find you. You can find me on Twitter at shimmybook where I tweet if I remember I have it. And you can also check out my bookstore. It is griffinsroostbt.com. Thank you. Nick, where do they find you? Uh, you can find me and the other podcasts that I do on too many thoughts media.com. That's T O O many thoughts media.com. You can also email uh, the lovely Nick pictures of your bookshelves and we will uh, we'll drool them. over them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah so... I got I gotta admit, checking the email, guys, it's rough. Uh, we get a, we get a lot of spammy so, emails and it's hard to uh, keep up. So I would actually recommend joining the Discord. Uh, where you can uh, you can converse with us all directly through there. It's actually it's, where, been, it's been a really good time. Where do you find the Discord, Nick? Uh, you have to email me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, you can find that on the website as well, right on the sidebar. Yeah, um, At toomanythoughtsmedia.com. All right, Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. You can find me at most places at Arjun Rave. Uh, currently, I'm not doing much, but I might have something to be doing in July, probably with fan uh, fantasy or excuse me, uh, independent books. Oh, you tease! What does that mean? It's probably the thing I did last year. So, <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Wicked cool, double keen. My name has been Peter Schaefer, but is no longer. I will not tell you my secret new name. It's a secret. You Oswald. can find... Damn it, how did you Lee know? Lee Harvey. 
Um, no, 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 that's not the same <laughs> one. Um, so you can find my my fiction writing at pashafer.com. I'm putting out flash fiction on a weekly basis. You can find my role-playing game design at uh, shoelesspetegames.com. Uh, I technically have a Twitter, but Twitter is just an enormous electrical fire. So I guess you could try me on shoelesspete at dice.camp through Mastodon. I don't know, whatever. You just um, a bunch of things I've never heard of, but yeah. I'm excited to learn about them. Oh boy, that sure is exciting. Anyway, so chase us down on Discord. Give us uh, pictures of your bookshelves and we will thank you for them here on the podcast. Also, please go to wherever you get your podcasts and give us 15-star reviews. Um, Remember, only 15 stars. Otherwise, it's like spitting in our face. Which you know, I... some people like that kind of thing, but yeah, no, but only if you pay for oh it. Oh my don't, god. Don't don't spit in our face if we haven't paid you for it. Um, so only only those 15 star reviews, because otherwise we'd have to pay you for it. I don't know if that came across exactly right, or maybe <laughs> okay. even uh, really this is wrong. the fantasy book of the month podcast. Okay, thanks. Bye. Okay, and... until next time. Keep reading. <laughs>